Welcome to All the Social Ladies, a podcast bringing you candid conversations with the boldest women in digital marketing. I'm Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media, and let's get into the show. You guys are going to love my next guest. Molly Hayward, the co-founder at Cora, has entered the menstrual management space, a space that is very trendy now, by the way. And she has done it so effectively with her company, Cora. They've been around three years. They haven't spent a dollar on marketing, and yet they've made a heck of a marketing splash. Take a listen. Welcome, Molly, to the show. Thank you so much, Carrie. It's wonderful to be here. So Molly, I love what you're doing in what is described as the now trendy menstrual management space with Cora. It's really incredible. And before we get into that, though, I want to know a little bit about you and your career. Can you give me the three defining moments that you feel like really shaped where you are today? Absolutely. So Definitely the first defining moment was meeting this young girl named Purity in Kenya who told me that she would stay home from school during her period because she couldn't afford menstrual products. That was number one. That was what sparked the idea for Cora in the first place, to create a brand that would provide you know, modern, healthy products for women here in the U.S. And for every product that we sell, we provide a, a product to a girl in need in, in Kenya. What were you doing at the time that you got to meet Purity? I had just left the first company that I had co-founded, which was a sustainable clothing company, which was an amazing experience. And I was very passionate about kind of changing that industry, but I'd kind of gone as far as I wanted to go and learned a lot and was ready to move on to the next big thing. But it was a total fluke that I ended up in Kenya meeting Purity and then having this idea so quickly. I thought I would have a little bit of time off between ventures, but didn't, didn't totally pan out that way. But you saw this huge problem and you wanted to solve it. Yes, exactly. Which I'm sure led you to your second moment. Which was meeting the woman who became really Cora's first major investor. And, you know, it was, again, like a total kind of random fluke meeting. And I didn't even know that she was an investor. And I was just telling her about this idea of, you know, really revolutionizing the way that women experience their bodies and the way they manage their periods. And then also providing products to girls in need. And in that first meeting, she basically like wrote, you know, wrote the first check that really allowed Cora to um, get started and get off the ground. And it was such an amazing moment, not not just because of, you know, the, the financial aspect, but because she was really the first one that I had shared the idea with openly. You know, I'd been working on it very quietly for a little while and sharing it with her and just her immediate recognition of the potential and the belief that 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 I could do it and that I could build it. It was like totally, you know, life-changing in that way. It felt like a proof of concept. Totally. Yes. Mm. And what, so what did you originally go to the meeting thinking it was? Did you go for advice? Oh, just no, just like a meet and greet. Like it was an introduction from a friend who had said, you know, you know, my friend, I told her you're, you know, a world traveler and you'd just been to Kenya recently and she's done some work in Kenya as well. And you guys should just meet up for a cup of coffee and and chat. And I was like, great. You know, I love meeting people for coffee. And and we sat down and and like it just unfolded into this incredible, truly life-changing moment. It's interesting because I always talk to people and I've seen a lot of articles about this for women, you know, don't waste my time. You know, coffee meetings are a waste of time or I, you know, my time <laughs> is limited. I have to, and, and the truth of the matter is I am like open to every 
possible meeting I can find because totally. you never know. You just they, don't know. They can step into those little coffee meetings sometimes. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Tell me about your third moment. Okay. So my third moment I would say was meeting my beloved co-founder Morgan. So, you know, I had been working on this idea, met Ashley, the investor, you know, really like it was off to the races in my mind, but it was still just me. And, you know, I had all of this background and expertise in, in brand and marketing and, and the social impact side of, of business. And I really, like, I knew that I had, again, like kind of gone as far as I could on my own. And so I was looking for a co-founder and like, again, like, totally could not have planned this, but I ended up working on just a very small project with another entrepreneur. And when I told her about Cora, she was like, okay, this is so bizarre, but I actually have a friend who just told me that he's working on almost the exact concept. Like maybe you two should meet. And I was like, oh, okay. And we met. And of course, like I was a little bit skeptical at first as you like naturally are. And I think we both felt that way because we'd both been working on our own respective ideas and like established them as businesses. And so it was almost like meeting someone when you both have kids and it's like, you're, you're just like a little bit, you're a little bit cautious at first, but you know, I would say like within the first 30 minutes of talking to each other, it was so clear that like we were completely aligned on values, on the mission of the company, of the potential, the way we wanted to build it, why we were doing it. And, and also having these really complementary skill sets and progress in, you know, in our respective ideas. And so we decided to team up and, oh my gosh, like we made so much progress so much more quickly. And, you know, four years later, like it's, it's still just the most amazing partnership and, you know, we just love working together. Yeah. I think it could have been really easy to just be threatened and view each other as competition. And yet instead you teamed up and we're just so much more powerful together. Exactly. Like I know that feeling and I'm sure like your listeners do of like, you've invested so much into something that it's really scary to start like sharing it and letting other people in. But like, that is really how, things ultimately move forward in, in exponential ways. And that's definitely how it happened with Cora. So that was my, that was definitely my, my third big defining moment. And now here you are. So tell us about Cora for those of our listeners who aren't familiar. Yeah. So for those who are not familiar with Cora, Cora is a modern women's wellness brand. So we, we really exist to help change the way that women perceive and experience these, you know, really natural moments in in the life, in life in a female body. And so we started with period care and really, I think, you know, changing that industry where previously it was a lot of products that were made with synthetics and conventional cotton, which is one of the dirtiest crops in the world. And so we really decided to, you know, we wanted to be the ones that, that took that industry from this really antiquated approach, you know, both from the product perspective and from the brand and messaging perspective into, you know, I think this form that really focuses on having a a modern experience that covers everything from great design to healthier products that are truly innovative and actually more comfortable and they actually perform. 
all the way through to having this, you know, social mission that's so core to our business. So for every product that we sell, we provide a product to a girl in need. And so, you know, we've, I think, done so much in period care. And we actually just launched our first line of products for late bladder leakage, which is also an issue that affects a huge number of women. So we're just really excited. We we are pushing the boundaries of, of I think, women's wellness and personal care. I love it. And I what I love about this is the whole mission behind it. It's really like you're not just selling products. You're truly celebrating womanhood and destigmatizing the period experience. So talk to me a little bit about how you're using social and digital platforms to raise awareness for that. How do you communicate the good that you do? Absolutely. So I would say like in the early days, of course, a little over three years old now, but in the early days, you know, we, you know, we were somewhat, we, we were certainly constrained to what I would say were the, the most common platforms. So our website, social media, and, but I think from the very beginning, we really wanted to connect authentically and to really elevate the experience, this experience of life in a female body. And so we wanted to, and we did kind of shift the way in which we framed these experiences from being, you know, it's dirty or it's gross or it's, means in some way that you're kind of broken or you're not going to be able to like function in society on these days every month to this idea that these experiences are inherent to us because our bodies are so incredibly powerful and they're capable of so many things. And so, you know, initially we, we really concentrated on broadcasting that message through those normal channels. Mm -hmm. And then about a year ago, I would say we really realized how significant it was in our category in this world of women's wellness to actually take a much more active role in education. Like most of us have not had any sort of health and wellness education beyond like ninth grade health class. Right. And the message back then was like, don't get pregnant, don't get an STD. (laughs) Right. And there's so much more that happens, you know, between that point in time and, you know, being in your mid thirties or forties and, you know, starting to question the choices, you know, around birth control or deciding that, you know, maybe you want to get pregnant or maybe deciding at that point that like actually Turns out I don't ever want to be pregnant. And so all these sort of changes and choices moving into even, you know, perimenopause and menopause, there's just so much that that our bodies experience and so many changes that happen, you know, no matter what path you sort of take. And so we launched our um, content platform called Blood and Milk about a year ago because we really realized that there wasn't a single online platform that was solely dedicated to examining and providing information and really personal and valuable content on that full spectrum experience and really diving deep into issues. And so that has become one of the primary ways that we communicate, you know, on a larger scale with, with the core community. And I think help women just become more conscious of their bodies, which I think in turn helps women be more discerning about the choices they make around products and and other other modalities. How do you build an audience for that? So it's so interesting that you you use the traditional methods and you, yeah. you work for every area. And now you have something that you've 
really kind of built your own house, right? There's all these yeah. houses that were marketed <laughs> and you've built yeah. your own kind of marketing machine. How did you, how did you build that? And did you find that that was what modern women wanted when they were looking, looking for ways to communicate with the brand? Yeah, totally. So one thing to note about Cora and the Cora team is like, we love being scrappy and like probably doing things in a really unconventional way, but we basically decided like, you know, we, we, we operate best with a little bit of constraint. And so we said, okay, we have this thesis about this content platform that we think is going to be really important to women. And so we basically launched that platform. We put, we put a few thousand dollars towards the, the sort of infrastructure of the platform. We hired one person to our team to manage it. And we implemented a really, you know, I think like best practice SEO strategy as we were building all this content and we sought out experts in every field, we really uh, made sure we were optimizing for the organic search because like, you know, we've all had the experience of something happening with our body, some experience, some question we have, you go online and you just Google it and like you put those search terms in. And so we basically like got really good at capturing that organic search traffic from organic search that was happening. And so even as a really young platform, you know, we're showing up in, in the, at the top of that page. And I think with a really compelling, you know, positioning of the platform and, you know, blood and milk is a pretty, it's a pretty, I think, eye-catching and provocative sort of you name. Bet. You bet. We're, you know, we're capturing all of this organic interest and, you know, we've never spent a dollar on marketing um, and it's become, you know, the number one source of organic traffic to Cora. And so it's cool. It's, it's, it's become this sort of amazing ecosystem and it's almost its own community in and of itself, just by being consistent about the content we are putting out and following those best practices, which I think is like a really, you know, we're now getting to a point where we're like, okay, so, so our thesis played out. And, you know, now we're ready to kind of invest into, into real growth for that platform. But I think, you know, just from, for those who like, don't have a big budget to put up, to put against something at the very beginning, it's totally possible if you, I think, stay really focused and, and again, like follow those best practices and build things that are, that are easily findable. It's such a good insight. It's just start with what's findable. Yes. I love that you haven't spent money on this and (laughs) built this community. Pretty, pretty amazing. Well, thank you. It's really exciting. Like I think, you know, products are exciting. Changes in the way women think about it are exciting, but like really, I think what gets me so jazzed is this idea that like we are, we are changing the perception of like the female body and the female experience. And like, that's like, that's world changing, I think. Yeah. And blood and milk gives you so much room to play with that. That's, it's really unbelievable, Molly. I love this story. Oh, thank you. What would you suggest for women who are, you know, really see a problem, want to find a way to solve it? And we talked a little bit about looking for something that's really findable. What other advice would you offer them, people who want to create social change? I mean, I only have my, you know, my own experience as a reference point, but I think for me, like the key piece was finding that thing, that idea, that cause that I was so passionate about, that I was so, I felt such conviction about that, like, it was almost like I couldn't not do it. Like when I met Purity in Kenya, I was at a point where I could have just been like, you know what, I'm kind of burnout and like, I really want to take some time and like, this is an issue, but there's a lot of organizations that are probably trying to solve it. It was like, 
it was like being struck by lightning. And I just couldn't not sort of act on that impulse. And so I think like, you know, for me, it's, you know, and it's that level of energy sort of ebbs and flows, of course, and there are ups and downs and moments where like, you know, you sort of lose your passion and, and, you know, you have to kind of rebuild. But I think that for me, what I tend to hear myself saying and recommending is like finding the thing that like gives you energy that doesn't sort of deplete you or that you're kind of like, yeah, I like the idea, but like, I'm sort of a little hesitant or procrastinating or whatever. Like it has to be this thing that you feel like you can't not do. And I think that sometimes it does take a bit of exploration and feeling around to kind of find that thing. But I think that, you know, for me at least, business is so exciting and building companies is so exciting, but there has to be a deeper meaning. Like I, you know, I could never just like start a t-shirt company. Like I would, like it has to have some, some, some real depth to it and really be something that's going to move the needle in terms of, I think the human experience or the health of the planet or, or something like that. And, you know, it's kind of my wish that everyone would do that. But then I think it's like, start, start small, smart, start with what you have. Like, you know, when I started Cora, I was like, there were not buckets of money. There were not people lining up to like join the team. Like it was just me. I really just tried to be in the mindset of like continually problem solving and continually kind of moving forward, no matter like how small those baby steps were. And, and I don't want to make it sound like, you know, I had the idea and immediately everything fell into place. Like it was, you know, it was a year and a half before I met that first investor. It was another six or eight months before I met my co-founder. Like it, it took a lot of time and a lot of, you know, kind of mistakes and pitfalls and, and roadblocks. But I think when you find that thing that you just can't not do, it's like you're, you're kind of willing to just continue following the thread to its end. Yeah. I think for you, it it's like, it's challenging enough to be an entrepreneur, but really the time to do it is when you feel like it's a true calling. Like you can't imagine doing anything else. Yes, exactly. Yep. Yep. Amazing. Okay. So Molly, we're heading on over to the lightning round where I'm going to ask you three questions and you're going to answer the first thing that comes to mind. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. If someone only knew you from social media, what three words would they use to describe you? (laughs) Eclectic, philosophical, and world traveler. Mm, interesting. What woman do you admire most in the world? I would say the the women and girls that I've met in Kenya and India and sort of all of my travels who, like, against all odds are, you know, happy and doing everything they can to pursue their dreams and, like, put their, you know, put their daughters through school. Like, those are the women who, you know, are incredibly inspiring. Awesome. And what's one piece of advice you would tell your younger self? Ooh, (laughs) trust that everything is unfolding as it should. Nice. Molly, thank you so much for coming on the show today. You are one fabulous social lady. Thank you, Carrie. Pleasure to be here. That was all the social ladies. Don't miss new episodes every week. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And if you like what you heard, please rate and review the show. I'm Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media and author of Work It, Secrets for Success from the Boldest Women in Business. Follow me, at Carrie Kirpin, everywhere. And for more social smarts, be sure to follow Likeable, at Likeable Media. Thanks for listening.
Bye.